Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. Casino. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Hope you had absolutely fabulous weekends wherever you may be across the country or around the world. We are ready to roll with you. And this week, it will just be me as Buck and his lovely wife, Carrie, are in Scotland. Buck may well be eating haggis, wearing some... some outlandish kilts as we speak maybe even playing the bagpipe uh he will be out this week he'll be back with me on monday reacting to everything but you'll just have me this week i'll be here in nashville on monday then i'll be up in milwaukee on tuesday and wednesday for the republican debate and then on thursday and friday i'll be in new york city so i'm going all over the place this week but there is a lot as you can well imagine, for us to dive into this week coming out of the weekend. We have got new polls in Iowa. What, if anything, do they tell us about the status of the race? We have got the Republican primary on Wednesday, the debate, the very first Republican primary debate. Donald Trump announcing over the weekend that he will not participate, he said, in the debate's period, suggesting that he is going to sit out all of them. What do you all think of that decision, and what does it tell us? So much to discuss surrounding all of those issues, but I want to start with a positive story. A lot of you out there are very frustrated at the fact that the Biden administration, and the Biden family in particular, They're doing everything that they told you the Trumps were going to do. The Biden crime family is, I believe, far more significantly violating historic norms of the American presidency and engaging in criminal behavior in the process, more so than when you actually break down the historical record, Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, and... And Donald Trump, 
all combined were credibly alleged to have done. Think about that for a minute. Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump, if you throw them all together and you look at the credible allegations of criminality of all three men during the course of their presidency, none of them, none of them combined equal what Joe Biden has been credibly alleged to have done, both himself personally and his family. And what they keep saying, and I'm going to dive into this in a big way today, is they keep telling you, oh, there's no evidence connecting Joe Biden to the criminal behavior of Hunter Biden. There's actually a bevy of evidence of exactly that. Why are they lying to you so directly? But I want to start with a positive. And I don't know that anybody else you will hear today will give you this positive story. 800-282-2882, you can react to what I'm about to discuss with you or many of the other topics that we will discuss throughout the day. In front of me right now, old man that I am, I have a print edition copy of today's New York Times. As you well know, in the upper left corner of the New York Times, they say all the news that's fit to print. Well, today on the front page... There is an intriguing story, a positive story, one that I want for us to celebrate. The headline is, How Plea Deal Went Off Track for Biden's Son, Ground Shifted as Data from the IRS Emerged. Front left page of today's New York Times. Bottom of that page, this is important. The deals collapse, and I'm reading directly from the New York Times, chronicled in over 200 page, uh, pages of confidential correspondence between Mr. Weiss's office and Mr. Biden's legal team. Not so confidential anymore. <laughs> this entire article, ladies and gentlemen, is a pity fest, a petulant, childlike fit that is being thrown by Hunter Biden and his lawyers over the fact that their sweetheart deal, that their rig job, collapsed. Their non-prosecution of Hunter Biden went up in smoke because all of you refuse to allow this sweetheart deal to go through, and you raise such a stink that the Republicans in the House actually did their job and held powerful people accountable. That's a positive. It's a really big win. I'm reading again from this New York Times article. The Times found earlier this year that Mr. Weiss appeared willing to forego any prosecution of Mr. Biden at all and his office came close to agreeing to end the investigation without requiring a guilty plea on any charges. But the correspondence reveals that his position, relayed through his staff, changed in the spring around the time a pair of IRS officials on the case accused the Justice Department of hamstringing the investigation. I'm reading directly from the Times. 
Mr. Weiss suddenly, Mr. Weiss suddenly demanded that Mr. Biden plead guilty to committing tax offenses. Think about this for a minute. If those two IRS agents had not come forward and testified in the House, Hunter Biden was going to get off scot-free for not paying millions of dollars in taxes, for gun charges, for all of the felonies that you and me and many of us have seen that were on that Hunter Biden laptop. The rig job was so close to completion that there was almost going to be no punishment at all. Again, this is based on the New York Times story. This is the Hunter Biden lawyers pitching a pit, a pity fit and telling you that they were being treated unfairly, that the United States Department of Justice, that their rig job suddenly went up in smoke because of those two IRS agents. But I think it's important to track this win so far and explain why it happened. Because I think a lot of times you and me, many people out there, we get really frustrated. And if you listen to this show, you know that I try to work really hard to be an optimist. And sometimes Buck even called himself Eeyore the other day. It's easy to expect that things are going to continue to get worse. Because we've seen things get really, really bad so far in this Joe Biden administration. But I actually am seeing some real glimmers of sunlight that is making me optimistic that the clouds are lifting. And let me tell you, this this front page story, as I was reading it over the weekend, um, the only reason we got this IRS agent testimony is because we won the House. And we won the House by a tiny margin. But we won. We got the last second field goal, and it barely cleared the uprights, but we got that. The reason these IRS agents came forward and the reason why their testimony received so much attention was because Republicans had control of the House and they could share their story. That then stopped the rig job from happening. So if you read this story, what happened was as soon as these IRS agents testified, it set off alarm bells in the Department of Justice. They said, uh-oh, they are becoming aware of exactly how sweetheart of a deal we've put in place. We've got to do something. So Weiss came back and said, hey, I can't give you guys the all clear anymore. I need you to plead guilty to two minor misdemeanors, and that will take care of it. And the Biden team said, okay, wait a minute. You're changing the deal on us, but if we plead guilty to these two minor misdemeanors, we need a guarantee that there is no prosecution that can ever occur, that this is my client having a clean bill of legal health. They said, okay, we can do that. And then what happened? Another hero emerged. So the two IRS agents who spoke truth to power came out and they testified under oath. They put their future uh, on the line to tell the truth. And then Judge Mary Ellen Norieka in Delaware refused to sign off on even the new double misdemeanor uh, charges, she said, no, I'm not going to sign off on this. And she raised as an issue whether or not this investigation was ongoing. And Weiss, the U.S. attorney, 
was so humiliated, I think, by what the IRS agents testified to under oath and by the fact that he was still giving Hunter Biden such a sweetheart deal, he was so embarrassed by this that they, in public, when the judge actually flagged it and said, are you saying that this basically is giving him immunity from prosecution going forward, that this investigation is over, I think they were not willing to say it publicly. And then this whole thing has collapsed. And the idea that Joe Biden was just going to be able to sweep all of the illegal acts of his son under the rug and that all of their allies at the New York Times and the Washington Post and MSNBC and CNN and ABC and NBC and CBS, that they were just going to pretend that none of this was a story anymore. They couldn't do it. Three heroes. Two IRS agents who raised their right hand and testified under oath as to the rig job that they had witnessed take place to protect Hunter Biden by Joe Biden's Department of Justice. And a judge, Mary Ellen Noriega, federal district court judge who refused to sign off on this. Three heroes. Now, there's several people in the Republican House, James Comer, Jim Jordan, we can run through a lot of them, who have helped to bring the truth to light as well. But this rig job almost went through. Hunter Biden almost got away with not paying millions of dollars in taxes, with running a criminal influence peddling scheme directly connected to his father while Joe Biden was a vice president. They almost got away with it. But they didn't. And I think this front page New York Times article of the Hunter Biden legal team throwing a pity fest for themselves is actually going to blow up in a big way in their face. Because it's one thing to rig justice. It's another thing for everybody to find out that you rigged justice. There are still enough good people in this United States government that saw what was happening to Hunter Biden and said no. We will not allow this. And now this front page, 200 pages of confidential documents that suddenly the New York Times has, they wrote this article trying to make Hunter Biden look like the victim. But I think if you read it, and I would encourage you guys to do it, what this article actually does is make it clear that the Biden administration was victimizing the United States. And I actually think This thing is blowing up in Hunter Biden's face in a big way because now they have directly called out and embarrassed all of these attorneys who were quietly and privately trying to avoid this story blowing up like it has. I'm telling you, I think this is a really big deal. I think this is a monster win. And I think it has many consequential outcomes, even if I may be the only person talking about this. You may not hear this discussion anywhere else in media today, 
But we're going to have it. We're going to have it in a big way. 800-282-2882. You guys can react to this. we got a ton of stuff to talk about the debate. Much more still to come. No guests, so we'll open up the phone lines, let you guys weigh in as well. In the meantime, is your cell phone in need of replacement? You know the sign. Short battery life, crack screen. Time to retire that old phone upgrade to the new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy, two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, ultra-strong glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk text, 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month. Comes with a mobile hotspot, too. All the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to Pure Talk today. Their U.S.-based customer service team ready for your call. Just dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk again that's pound two five zero. Say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Truth after truth, you can handle the truth. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Father's Day is coming. A day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us. To crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian Cocktail Maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. As we get ready for the primaries, Vivek Ramaswamy is going viral for shirtless tennis. I'm not not making this up. Uh, There is a uh, large reaction as Vivek Ramaswamy has posted three hours of solid debate prep this morning, and it is a video of him playing tennis shirtless. So he and RFK Jr., may end up engaging in a push-up contest to decide who the next president of the United States is. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that that would be a disaster. Because I at least then we know Biden would be out of office. 
And if you had Vivek versus RFK Jr., I think you'd probably have to give RFK Jr. a little bit of a benefit. I mean, he's, I think, 69, and Vivek is 38. So 31-year advantage for Vivek on the push-up contest would be really too much. So you'd have to set up some sort of parameters here. 69-year-old guy versus 38-year-old guy. Got to have some sort of different parameter in play. But there are a lot of beefcakes out there all of a sudden in the political space. I don't know. How many of you saw on Fox News, how many of you saw shirtless Will Kane and shirtless Pete Hegseth on, I think it was Saturday morning? I bet that's the most ripped duo to ever host a news program in the history of news television. Will Kane and Pete Hegseth. Uh, Charlie Arnold, who works with us at OutKick, interviewed them. And I saw the Charlie interview. Charlie's really good looking. I don't know that she's ever interviewed two people who are better looking than her in her entire professional career. But I thought with Will Kane and with Pete Hegseth shirtless, Charlie was third place for most attractive in the television shot. I don't know. Now, she worked at the WWE and in the UFC. So she may have an answer and say, actually, I've uh, interviewed two better looking people before. This reminds me of uh, when I did television back in the uh, back in the day with uh, well I still do with Fox Sports, but one time they put me in between Brady Quinn and Matt Leinart, and I thought to myself, this is really unfair for me. <laughs> we were all we we're doing a college football show. Brady Quinn looks like uh, he, he looks like he is Superman. He looks like Clark Kent. I mean, the guy has like 0% body fat. He's incredibly good looking. First round NFL draft uh, quarterback went to Notre Dame, you know, 6'4", 250, totally ripped. And then Leinart might be even better looking than Brady Quinn. USC quarterback wins the Heisman Trophy, first round draft pick. Every good looking girl for like 20 years wanted to date Matt Leinart. Super famous. And they put me between them. And I'm thinking to myself, this is real. I mean, I feel like I'm getting set up here. What did Rush used to say he didn't like doing television? Because it is true, when I started doing television, all people react to is what you're wearing. It's all cosmetic, what your hair looks like. They almost never talk about what you say. I couldn't believe how much of it was cosmetic. Go on, you make an argument, you think it's really detailed, really fabulous. And then you go get on social media and what do people react? I don't know why you wore that tie. Why didn't you wear a tie? Why don't you have a belt on today? Why do your shoes not match your belt? Why did you wear a jacket? Why did you not wear a jacket? Why did you comb your hair that way? Why didn't you comb your hair the other way? Why did you get a haircut? Why did you put your earpiece in that ear? Why did you turn to your right instead of turning to your left? None of it having to do at all with anything that you say. It really is amazing. That's why I also say, people out there in media, they say, how, you know, you writing, re, uh, you do writing. Obviously the book's out. Thank you, by the way, for making American Playbook the number one best-selling nonfiction book in America. Publishers Weekly put it out. Number one nonfiction book last week in America. Wall Street Journal had us at number two in the bestseller list. New York Times didn't put us in the top 15. We outsold every nonfiction book 
in the New York Times top 15 by 5,000 books. Just amazing. But thank you for that. But writing, writing is the hardest thing to do. Radio is the second hardest thing to do. Television's the easiest. And I always say there's a reason why you never see a television person go to radio and then go to writing. Now, sometimes TV people have ghostwriters write their books. But by and large, you, you see a lot of people who can do writing to radio to TV because writing's the foundation of everything. You make an argument. You sit down in front of a blank computer screen. Nobody else is there to help you. Radio, more people help you, but it's still three hours a long time to talk. Television, you sit down for three or four minutes, and they tell you that was amazing. And a lot of times you sit down for three or four minutes, and sometimes you just read off of a glass screen in front of you. You don't even have to come up with what you're saying. And there's a huge entourage of people trying to make you look like you're smarter than you are. It's incredible. And so when you look at the way that this trajectory is going, and I see Vivek Ramaswamy putting up a video of himself shirtless hitting uh, tennis balls, and I see RFK Jr. doing push-ups, and everybody goes crazy with it, I just sit back and I think, man, the cosmetic aspects of this debate on Wednesday are going to be interesting. Because we got a couple of big data points that are out there. Um, and Ali tells me that the cosmetic is why Rush just basically said, I'm not going to do TV anymore. And I get it. I, I totally get it. Because if you're in the position of making arguments and all people do is react to what you look like instead of the arguments that you make, I get why that gets so supremely frustrating. As we're talking about the debate on Wednesday, the television dynamic and the way that it has altered everything in our politics is still, I think, under-discussed. Because remember, the perfect example of this was JFK Jr., sorry, JFK versus Richard Nixon. Everybody who listened on radio, by and large, thought Nixon won. Everybody who watched on television thought JFK won. Well, it wasn't that JFK's arguments were better, because radio is certainly a better medium to dissect arguments. Audio works far better. I think the written word is the best of all which is why I get almost all of my news. If you're watching me right now, speaking of video, with the Clay and Buck VIP, as many of you are, like I'm sitting here with legitimate newspapers arrayed in front of me. And I started off the show today talking about an article, dissecting an article. I think the best way to logically analyze issues is still by reading. I think listening to audio is the second best. I think television's the worst. Television is the most popular and the most people who do it. And as scary as you might think television is now, at least there are still long-form discussions on television to break down issues such as the debate that's going to happen on Wednesday. Your kids and grandkids are watching 30-second TikTok videos, which have absolutely no context at all. And that will be, I think, we're going to move from just video deciding elections. I think we're going to move to video clips totally out of context deciding elections. And that gets even scarier to me. 
But a couple of polls that are out, and then I want to talk about Bill Clinton screwing an intern as opposed to the whole country like Joe Biden's going to do a little bit later in the hour. But a couple of polls that are out that I think are significant, and I want to hit you with these. Um, Iowa poll. This is the Iowa poll from Jay Ann Seltzer from Des Moines. She is evidently the greatest pollster in the history of the state of, state of Iowa. Which some of you are going to laugh, like, that's kind of a big deal. Because the Iowa caucus is so difficult to predict. And Iowa historically was a battleground state. Not anymore. It's gone fully red because people of Iowa have not lost their minds. Democrats have. Which one of the following Republicans will be your first choice? Here, this number out today, Trump got 42% of the support in this Iowa uh, caucus. Now, poll. 58% of people in Iowa are supporting somebody else. 19% for Ron DeSantis. 9% for Tim Scott. 6% for Nikki Haley. 6% for Mike Pence. 5% for Chris Christie. Only 4% support for Vivek Ramaswamy. Doug Burgum, 2%. Will Hurd, 1%. That is the Iowa caucus poll that has come out today from the Des Moines Register. J. Ann Seltzer is who is responsible for that. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us what we thought already, that Trump is a prohibitive favorite. But is there someone lurking that could come and steal Trump's victory in Iowa. Remember, Trump only got 24% of the Iowa caucus vote in 2016. And I think a lot of people have forgotten about that. Uh, the final caucus poll, uh, the results in Iowa in 2015, Ted Cruz won Iowa 2016, January of 2016. Ted Cruz ended up with 28% in Iowa. Trump with 24%. People forget this. Rubio almost caught Trump. And then Ben Carson was at 9%. Why do I bring that up? Just three months before the actual caucus, Ben Carson was at 28%. So in November of 2015, Ben Carson had a big lead in the reliable polls. Trump was in second place. Cruz was in third. Cruz surged into a January win. Trump was up a little bit. Rubio was up a decent amount. And Carson plummeted. So what does that tell us about where we might go? And what do you all think about the decision being made by Trump to effectively say he doesn't need to debate at all? Right decision, wrong decision. From Trump. We'll take some of your calls on it, 800-282-2882, uh, and we'll continue to discuss uh, this poll and also the fact that we have the debate on Wednesday. We're going to be in Milwaukee for that debate. What do we expect to see on Wednesday, and what do you need to see from the different contestants, the contenders in this primary season to see what might transpire going forward. We'll continue to break that down for you. In the meantime, uh, I want to tell you, planning an idea for this fall, there'll be a time when the weather gets cold, families indoors, and it's a good time to get ready 
and rediscover some old family movies. Heck, you know, with the end of summer coming, a lot of times you go back and you look at some of those summer vacations past. Or when you're on that summer vacation, last days of August, get ready for the kids to go back. Maybe you do what I did, look at some of those old family vacation pictures and just think, man, I can't believe how much the kids have grown in the last couple of years. Maybe you think, hey, I can't believe how much things have changed in the past couple of decades. Maybe you have a place you've been going with your family for a long time, and you'd like to ensure that your kids and your grandkids have the memories in the years ahead so that they can share with their own families what they went through and experienced with your family as kids. It's time to get hooked up with Legacy Box. Don't put it off any longer. Summer's over. Kids are going back to school. They're growing fast. Grandkids. Get hooked up and preserve your family's memories forever. Not those old pictures anymore that can deteriorate. The old slides. How about digital forever images that you can have with your family? Go online to LegacyBox.com slash Clay right now to get 55% off their regular prices. LegacyBox.com slash Clay 55% off regular prices. Again, one more time, LegacyBox.com slash Clay is the website. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Monday edition. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. Uh, Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Buck is in Scotland. With his lovely wife, Carrie. He will be back Monday. I am with you this week. I will be with you in Milwaukee Tuesday and Wednesday. We're doing an awesome event at the Paps Theater, 8 o'clock. Get a copy of my book. And we're going to have a big discussion about the future of the Republican Party and the 2024 race. And what I think is, of all the states out there, the most consequential Wisconsin. If I could pick one state and know the results for 2024 in one state, I think I could predict the entire election just by knowing what happens in Wisconsin. I don't see a pathway to the Republicans winning in 2024 that does not include a victory in Wisconsin. The math just basically doesn't add up. I think Georgia and Arizona will flip back, and then we will need at least one Midwestern state. Nevada is also in play, by the way. Don't forget that state. Super close in 20, just elected a Republican governor in 2022. Nevada did the only state, in fact, where a statewide office holder lost uh, as the incumbent in the entire country in 2022 was Joe Lombardo won the governorship of Nevada. The Republican won Nevada. That is it in terms of flipping either a Democrat or a Republican office holder. So Nevada will be in play. But one state, if you told me, hey, focus on this one state, it would be Wisconsin. And we will be there tomorrow doing the show live from uh, our affiliate. You can get your tickets at clayandbuck.com. If you're going to be in the state of Wisconsin or you are traveling to Milwaukee for the Republican debate, which will be taking place on Wednesday night, uh, you can get hooked up there. WISN is our affiliate in Milwaukee. We appreciate all of you listening there right now where we are number one in that city. 
Uh, and uh, I look forward. I've never been to Milwaukee. We're going to be doing the show Tuesday and Wednesday from Milwaukee. I will be up there. Uh, should have a really good time. So can't wait to hang out with all of you uh, in that event. We're talking about the Republican primary. We also just had a caller in Michigan who said that he would not vote Republican if Trump is not the nominee. A lot of you weighing in, 800-282-2882. I will get to many of your calls here in this hour. But I wanted to hit, I mentioned that I would do this uh, earlier in the show. I said that Joe Biden is more credibly accused of committing crimes while in office of a significant level than Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump were credibly accused uh in their terms in office. And yet the media, by and large, is mostly ignoring it. Why? I'll get to that in a sec. But first I want to say the biggest lie that you are all being told, that we are all being told. You notice every time you read about Hunter Biden in the New York Times, in the Washington Post, or they talk about him by and large on CBS, NBC, uh, ABC, MSNBC, CNN, you know what they say? They always say this. There's no evidence that Joe Biden was involved. There's always a line, oftentimes a paragraph, where they say, and also uh, video written, they always say there's no evidence that Joe Biden was involved. That is 100% a lie. There is lots of evidence that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family's behavior. And some of you may have heard me, I think it was Sunday of last week, so eight days ago, I was on Fox News, and I laid out on their Sunday morning program exactly why that is a lie. And let me just lay it out for you here, because I think this is consequential. When they say there is no evidence Joe Biden was involved with Hunter, Here's what they're overlooking. 10% for the big guy. Tony Bobolinsky credibly accused Joe Biden of getting 10% of that deal that was done. My dad is sitting next to me. Remember that WhatsApp message from Hunter Biden? You better pay. That was what Hunter Biden said to his Chinese business associates. Devin Archer has testified that Joe Biden was involved in at least 20 calls to business partners, and Joe Biden has met with and even attended dinner with some of Hunter Biden's business partners. The Burisma prosecutor who was fired says Joe Biden got him fired. Joe Biden even bragged that he did it. Burisma was being represented by the brand, as Devin Archer said, which was the Biden family. That's why they were paying so much money to Hunter Biden. Because otherwise, you notice how nobody's ever actually able to produce any work product from Hunter Biden? If you have a lawyer and you pay that lawyer millions of dollars, the lawyer will be able to produce, typically, a lot of work product. There'll be memos. There will be a lot of memos if you're paying millions of dollars. There will be documents that were filed in court. There is a tangible work product 
that reflects the, the work that you did. I haven't seen anything from Joe Biden. A Russian oligarch paid $3.5 million to Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family after meeting with Joe Biden and was left off of the sanctions list. There is tons of evidence as I started this program laying out all of the Department of Justice cover-ups. Now, you can believe, and this is just some of the evidence that I just laid out, you can believe that this evidence does not rise to the level of criminality, but there is a ton of evidence that Joe Biden was involved with Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family. So anytime you are hearing someone in media say there's no evidence, and they almost do it in every single article that they talk about, that is a lie. There is actually tons of evidence that Joe Biden was involved. Now, some of it can be circumstantial. There may not be necessarily, in your opinion, a direct smoking gun, but when you put together a lot of circumstantial evidence, it becomes highly unlikely that all of this was just occurring and there was no connection. And this is one of my favorite uh, legal examples of circumstantial evidence. We have this idea, because people will trot out there who are defense attorneys, and for the record, I've been a defense attorney, so I've had this job before. There are lots of times people say, oh, that's just circumstantial evidence, which is different, by the way. That's the next step that's probably coming. There's tons of evidence. So every one of you, whenever you hear somebody say there's no evidence, you should push back, as I did on Fox News, on that television broadcast. You can say it's not evidence significant enough to demonstrate that a crime has occurred, but there's tons of evidence that Joe Biden was involved with Hunter. The next step is going to be, oh, it's circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial evidence is not bad evidence. And a lot of circumstantial evidence is actually very credible. And one of my favorite examples of circumstantial evidence is if you were testifying on the witness stand and you sat down and it had snowed a foot overnight, you could and you slept all night, you went to bed at 10 o'clock and there wasn't a bit of snow that had fallen. And you woke up at 6 a.m. And when you pulled back your blinds, remember when you were a kid? How that would happen when you thought there might be a snow day? If you ever lived in the South like I did and snow meant you were out of school, you would wake up and you would, you would turn those blinds or you would rip open that curtain and you would be praying, I hope there is snow all over the ground. You would just be begging for it with every fiber of your being. You know why you would do that? Because you had gone to bed, and it was supposed to snow overnight when it typically gets colder, and you didn't know if the snowfall was actually going to happen. So when you yanked open those blinds, or you yanked open that curtain, and you looked outside, and you saw the snow, you, if you sat down and were testifying, could not testify that you saw it snow, because you were asleep all night. But you could testify that when you went to bed, there was no snow on the ground. And when you woke up, there was snow on the ground. Therefore, your testifying about snow is circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial evidence can often be very reliable evidence. Even if you didn't see it yourself, 
between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., somehow a bunch of white stuff ended up on the ground, and it wasn't Hunter Biden's birthday party. It's probably snow. That's circumstantial evidence. There is tons, scads, an absolute onslaught of evidence that Joe Biden himself was personally involved in the Biden crime family. So every time you are being told there is no evidence, it is a lie. There is plenty of evidence. You might not find it to be substantial. And by the way, it's far more credible than any of the evidence of criminal behavior against Clinton, uh, Nixon, and Trump. Why is it that suddenly the media turns blind and doesn't pay any attention at all when Joe Biden is involved? Because they went after Bill Clinton. They went after Bill Clinton in a big way. I think it's a function of the new media environment we have. And I've written and talked about this a lot. I'll tell you about it a little bit more. We'll take your calls, close out the this, the show, continuing to have you guys reacting to what we've talked about so far. The Washington Post and the New York Times are now subscription businesses. They would lose all of their subscribers if they actually told the truth to them. I really think that's what's going on. I I really do believe that that is the way that this story is shaking out. We'll talk about that in a moment. Also, take your calls. Appreciate all of you, as always, hanging out with us. We roll through the Monday edition of the program. Get ready to head up to Milwaukee for the big debate that is going on Wednesday. In the meantime, movie tickets, school registrations, Venmo payments, shopping on Amazon, binge-watching shows. We buy more things online than ever before. That means your credit profile, your online identity, more exposed than ever before, too. That makes you vulnerable to cyber hackers who know how to get your data, use it for their own good. They waste no time setting up bogus accounts or making as many purchases as they can on your credit cards before being shut down. Either way, you're left holding the bag. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. How do you protect yourself from all this with LifeLock's online identity theft protection? LifeLock by Norton looks out for your online identity, notifies you the instant they think it's being used without your permission. Hard to fathom, but their systems can scan through more than a billion online transactions every week. That's because LifeLock will detect and alert you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can certainly help you quickly. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com and use that promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, for 25% off. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton making sense in an insane world. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Father's Day is coming. A day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us. To crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? 
everyone. Ugh, but the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. A lot of people weighing in, both on email and obviously on the phones. David writes in. He's a VIP. You castigated a Trump caller for saying he would not vote for another Republican candidate. You called him a loser and worse. I, did I call him a loser and worse? I definitely called him a loser. What's worse than a loser? Maybe a crybaby? Maybe so. Okay, it's accurate. I never once... Heard you call out Carl Rove, Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan, George W. Bush, McConnell for sitting out the 2020 election. Why is that? Well, I wasn't on this show in 2020, and I endorsed Trump as aggressively as I could. But yes, anybody who sits out an election that Trump is involved in is a loser, too. If you, I can't believe I have to say this. Some of you are like uh, sports fans who are so committed to your team that you don't have any ability to see the larger context. I am looking beyond the primary. We've got a ton of great candidates. I don't know who's going to end up being the nominee. I'm fortunate, I believe, to have met almost every one of the candidates face-to-face, and I think we've had every one of the candidates on this program. We certainly have invited everyone. But everybody who's in like the top eight or nine, they've been on this program. I will vote for any of them over Joe Biden. And I will be excited to go. I am old school. I like to go on election day. And I like to go down and I feel incredible to cast my vote for president as I did in 2024 Trump. I will be ecstatic to do it for Trump again in 2024 or any of these other candidates because they are all far better than Joe Biden or whomever the Democrats might put forward. Now, to be fair, I would be honest with you guys. If, let's say, Mike Pence were the Republican nominee and RFK Jr. were the Democrat nominee, I might well vote for RFK Jr. And some of you are going to be fired up about that. I would rather a candidate be honest to me and be right 100% about COVID, then I would a candidate lie to me like I think Mike Pence has on this program. But I would vote for Mike Pence against Joe Biden, and I would be excited to do it. That's because, to me, the analogy that I would put forward is if you are choosing not to support someone based on 
the nominee, that's like being a member of a football team. On Thursday afternoon, I changed my signing time so that I could go watch my seventh grader play on his tackle football team. And I watch that game, and they're playing like every Thursday for the next six or seven weeks, and I'll go watch almost all of them. I think I'm out of town this week. I'll be at every other one. I talk to my son afterwards. Got a lot of different players that are coming in. Seventh grade football. You're rotating in different talent. You've got to perform at your highest ability no matter who the quarterback is. My son plays wide receiver. Okay, If he ran his routes different based on who the quarterback was, he would be an awful teammate. If a kid on their team blocked differently on the offensive line based on who the quarterback was, he would be an awful teammate. If you are not willing to go vote for a Republican candidate against Joe Biden because you're upset about who the quarterback is and you're willing to miss blocks on the offensive line or you're willing to intentionally fumble the ball if it gets handed off to you as the running back or you don't run the right routes as the wide receiver, in my opinion, you are being an awful teammate because your job is to execute, to try to make the team the best possible version of itself, no matter who the quarterback is. If you are listening to me right now, and your position is, if Donald Trump's not the quarterback for this team, then I don't care anymore. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to quit the team. I think you're a loser. I do. And by the way, if your position was, if Donald Trump is the quarterback... I'm not going to vote Republican. I'm going to not show up because I think Ron DeSantis needs to be the nominee or Vivek Ramaswamy or whoever it might be, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, any number of candidates. Then I think you are being a loser because you're not putting the best interests of the country forward if you're not voting at all. And I understand that a lot of you in the middle of the Republican primary engage in emotional thinking, to me, that's like being a Democrat. Because Democrats are always giving over to emotion. They aren't being logical. Oh, that person's feelings are hurt. Let's change the First Amendment so that we don't hurt their feelings anymore. Oh, that person has a different opinion than me. They shouldn't be able to have a job anymore. That's childlike emotional thinking. Sometimes people get upset. Guarantee you right now, if I check my mentions, people are upset. Oh, you got to talk the truth to people. You got to keep in mind the big objective here. You've got to be aware of what is at stake. When you are turning on your own side and claiming through emotional blackmail, well, I just won't even show up if my guy's not the choice. You're the equivalent of a guy who either decides to quit the team because he doesn't like how the team's going, or you just intentionally put forward a slipshod effort and you let your quarterback get decked because you're upset at who's taking the snap. That's just not going to be me. 
And I don't think it should be you. I think you should be focused on being the best version of yourself and advocating to your best ability for the best possible candidate, whether it's president, whether it's representative, whether it's school board member, all of it. And the only way you can do that is by showing up and voting. So I'm sorry, I get frustrated directly, straightforward, transparently. If you are out there listening right now, and you are of the opinion, as some callers are and some listeners are, I won't show up if my guy's not the choice, then I think you are a big part of the problem with the direction of the country. Because by March, eight, nine months from now, by March of next year, we're going to know who the nominee is. And everybody, no matter who you show up to caucus for in Iowa or who you show up to vote for in New Hampshire or South Carolina or Nevada or wherever you may be across the country, I'm going to go vote in Nashville, Tennessee, Franklin, Tennessee to be specific, right south of Nashville, Tennessee, in my local precinct. I'm going to show up and vote. I think it's March 5th. I think Tennessee votes on Super Tuesday. I'm going to go vote for who I think the best nominee is. It may already be decided by then. It might not. I don't know. And then, whenever that nomination is decided, and I think by March 19th at the absolute latest, we will know exactly who the Republican nominee is going to be, I am going to work as hard as I possibly can to get the Republican nominee elected. Because I think Joe Biden, or someone even worse than Joe Biden potentially, is going to be the nominee for the Democrats. And I think whomever we put forward for the Republicans, it is going to be incredibly important that we win. Because if we do not, I think that we are going to be in real trouble. Dave, uh, in Georgia, what you got for me? Uh, hello, hello. Um, I appreciate and totally agree with your analysis of what a Trump supporter should do if he is not the nominee. And I am frustrated by, although I understand the anger that Trump supporters might have if, if it occurs, but staying away is no answer, and you've articulated why uh, it isn't. I'm calling because in the state of Georgia, it probably is under the radar of most people, but there was a runoff for two Senate seats. Yep. And one of them was the unexpired term of Johnny Isaacson, who had had to retire for health reasons. Another was for a a six-year term. And during the time that Trump was challenging the election, as he had the right to do up to a point at least, he was actively challenging the honesty and integrity of the election process in Georgia, and in effect, if not by actual words, and I can't remember and can't quote anything, but he was discouraging people to go vote in that runoff, and it cost Georgia two Republican seats. Yep. which has done untold carnage and damage to this country. And so if the Trump voters focus only on what to do about voting for Trump, they need to understand the other very serious implications on down-ballot races that was caused because of his behavior in discouraging voters who were loyal to him to stay home. That's a, thank you for the call. Thank you for the call in Georgia. I think the single number one criticism that you can make of Donald Trump, in my opinion, is exactly what he just said. The number one. 
When the double runoffs happened in January of 2021, we lost control of the Senate. And as a result, Joe Biden was able to spend trillions of dollars more, which drove inflation up to 9% and now has your mortgage rates over 7% because we've had this skyrocket interest rates to try to deal with that massive increase of inflation. Directly, trillions of dollars in debt were spent because we lost those races and Trump was not the biggest and best advocate for those two Georgia Senate runoff races because he was focused on what happened in the state of Georgia and was upset about the outcomes of those elections. That's the truth. We lost two Senate seats, which cost the Republican Party control of the Senate and allowed Joe Biden to ram through trillions of dollars in additional spending that otherwise would not have been possible if there were just one Republican Senate seat, much less two. And that is a great example of what happens when you get fixated on one particular thing and you miss the larger picture. Because what we desperately needed in 2020, we didn't end up with. Worst case scenario, split government. Lost the House, lost the Senate, lost the White House. And Joe Biden, because he doesn't understand basic economics, went out and spent trillions of dollars. So for all of you out there listening right now who are fired up and you support one candidate or the other, I certainly appreciate that and understand it. As scary as it is to think about Joe Biden having another term in office and potentially Kamala Harris ending up president because Joe Biden's not going to be able to finish that term, think about how scary Democrats having control of the Senate, the House, and the White House again would be and what that would do to this country's future and what it would do to your kids' future when it comes to the money that they would spend that would drive us even further into what I believe is economic catastrophe. That's the stakes. No one man or no one woman, no matter who they are, has the ability single-handedly to stop this from happening. That's why you need to show up and you need to, with gusto, support candidates all the way from president down to school board to put this country back in the direction it needs to be going. I'll close up some more with some of your calls. Appreciate all of you. Uh, we are having a great discussion. And you know what? I wish there was some more testosterone in the Biden White House. I wish we hadn't lost the Senate and the House in 2020 and the White House. And I wish we just had more testosterone in this country, period. You know that the testosterone levels in America are down 50% since the past several decades. Your grandpa and your great-grandpa, they had way more testosterone in their body than we do today. Men are diminishing in terms of our testosterone. They can't figure out exactly why it is. Well, I can tell you one thing that could help is all natural chalk. It'll put testosterone supplements back up to just 20% in three months' times. All natural. You can get yourself hooked up at their male vitality stack by going to choq.com. That's choq.com. You can use my name, Clay, to save yourself 35% off for life on any chalk supplement. That's choq.com. My name, Clay, C-L-A-Y. Do it today. Heard it on the show? Hear more on the podcast. Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives. More content, more common sense.
Find the guides on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams, offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.